Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke, and I hope you guys had an amazing week. Hope you guys had an amazing November, and welcome to a new week. I'm sorry, a new month and a new week. Um, the last month of 2023 in December, man. Uh, we're entering holiday season, uh, Christmas season, New Year's season. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be having a great time with their family. I mean, a lot of us might be stressed about, you know, midterms and finals right now as well. Um, but I really appreciate you taking out the time to listen to this episode. And I, I really do hope that this episode be a blessing. With it being the last month of the year, it's also going to be the last episode of Church Boy Confessions on the year. Um, it has come that time. I talked to you guys earlier about how um, I, you know, we're not going to be doing 52 episodes a year anymore for 52 weeks. Uh, we're going to be taking breaks. And, you know, it's just that time to take a break. You know, I definitely need it. Um, I definitely have been experiencing some level of burnout in my life. Um, so pray for me. I'd appreciate the prayer. And I'll talk about that more in a sec. But, um, yeah, this is going to be the last episode. I'll be back in February by God's grace. And, um, yeah, man, um, I'm hoping that, you know, Creative Kendra is definitely going to hold it down. Um, but, yeah, I definitely need some time with my family, time to, you know, wake up in the morning without an alarm and, um, you know, just enjoy, just enjoy my time with the Lord and, and grow because, you know, I can't give you guys anything if I'm not, um, giving God the space to, to pour into me, you know? So, um, I just want to thank you guys for this past season though, past like three, four months. It, it definitely has been amazing. Um, thank you guys for men's month. Um, thank you for all the men that were guests on this podcast. Thank you for all the men that were panelists, all the men that came out to the panel and discussion, um, thank you to all the men and women that supported on social media or any other way um, with all of the engagement and love that you showed us the, for our men's month. Thank you to Philip for the idea of men's month and your direction in that, bro. God is using you. And, and I want to thank you for the impact that you're allowing him to make through you. I want to thank D, our events director. It's supposed to be live events, but she's helping with the virtual events as well. And, you know, she's just been amazing. Um, she's, she's doing it all. She's the mastermind behind these, um, the glue behind these poetry jams and, um, shout out to D for, for really holding it down, man. Shout out to the whole team. Um, this year I can say has been probably the most fruitful, uh, year that unassociated had seen. And that is largely, oh, it's all of it. All the glory goes to God, but you know, that is, it really has to do with the team that, you know, are committed and that we're growing together and we're loving each other more. And, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, but yeah, man, I'm going to take that time away. Um, and you know, I, I appreciate you all for, you know, allowing me to. So seriously, man, um, no guests today, man. It's just us. It's just us. We're going to talk. There's some things that I want to talk about, some things I want to, you know, get off my chest. Um, there's some, and there's some questions that I want to answer. We have a couple of ask church boy questions that have come in the past couple months, um, that I want to address this episode. But before we get to the episode, we got to get to the announcements, all right? Uh, first announcement, you know, if you know, you know, because this has been an announcement for a while, but I haven't been announcing it because we've had all these guests. Um, and I, I just really, honestly, just completely forgot. But Poetry Jam is coming back February 3rd. Um, excuse me, sorry. 
Poetry, Poetry Jam is coming back February 3rd, 2024. All right. Um, Poetry Jam is the amazing show that an amazing team puts on twice a year now. Um, and, you know, we have it around the summertime. We have it in the wintertime. And, you know, it's coming back again. You have your poets. You have your spoken word performers uh, come up there and testify and do their thing, man. Um, and speaking of the Poetry Jam, which is taking place in Los Angeles, February 3rd, 2024, um, of course, auditions are open. You do not have to be some experienced expert, you know, super crazy spoken word artist. You know, we've had amazing spoken word performers, right? Um, but you don't need to be that. All you have to be is someone who's willing to share their story, share their testimony, glorify God and edify those that are in attendance. And if that is you, pray about it. Think about it. Um, and if you'd like to audition to be a part of the show, then you can do so with the link that I'm going to provide in the description. And the deadline to audition is December 22nd. All right. So pray about it. Think about it. You know, if there's something that God is leading you to do, then we would absolutely love to have you participate in the Poetry Jam. All right. So Poetry Jam, February 3rd, Saturday, 2024 in Los Angeles is going to be amazing. Like I always say, it's not enough that I just engage with you by speaking into this mic or by you watching on the screen. Um, what's important is that we come together and we don't come together too often. You know, we have our virtual Bible studies. We have our virtual events. But this is the one I'm sorry, the, the two events throughout the entire year that we get to come together in person, love on each other and experience God together. Um, so please, please, I beg you get your travel arrangements, get your lodging arrangements ready, ready. I want you in Los Angeles. Um, so we can be together, man, um, or woman, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, February 3rd, 2024, um, get ready. And also, of course, this is the first Monday of the month of the last month. Crazy. So that means we got Bible study. Bible study is back, um, 5 30 PM Pacific time. Um, Bible study has really come a long way. We're having great conversations. People are breaking out of their shell. People are giving great advice. Um, we have great topics to discuss. If you're not there, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. You're missing out, man. We, we need you there. We need you there. Um, you know, we have it again today. I'm excited for it today. Um, and I'm excited for how Bible study evolves uh, within the next year, man. I'm excited for 2024. Um, I, I really am. I, I think it's going to be an amazing year uh, for an associate. I think it's going to be an amazing year for myself. And I hope that you can expect it to be an amazing year for yourself as well. Of course, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next year. And we're going to kind of talk about that. Um, but nevertheless, man, God is great and God is loving and we can trust him. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's all the announcements. We're going to get into this episode. We're going to get into this episode. OK, life updates, man. Um, my life has been interesting as of late, man. I, I have been blessed in so many ways. Um, I've also, you know, taken some hits. <laughs> um, you know, I got a new job, which is awesome. Um, I'm also bald now, which is, you know, it's been an experience. It's been an experience, man. Uh, I think I talked to you guys about that. I was, I've been bald before, but yeah, it's been, it's been an experience, man. Um, you know, I, I definitely have been experiencing burnout. Like I said before, I'm excited to take a little break. Um, but ultimately, God has been God has been good, man. If I can look at my life, bro, like a lot of things that I prayed for him to do in 2023, he has done. You know, he, he's done. And, and I have to be very thankful to that. Um, thankful for that. Um, 
things have still been somewhat challenging and you know I, I i'll talk i'll talk about it um but today i wanted us to talk about some submissions that we got for ask church boy which you know i always forget to announce it um which i think translates to us not normally having ask church boy submissions to go over but i'm thankful that we have had you know two that i definitely would love us to address um these came over the past couple months and i want to make sure i address them before i go on break so um, we're going to talk about it, man, because I, I love these questions, by the way. These are great questions. And I think that um, I think that a lot of people need to hear the answers to this. And even as I was, you know, I, I pray and, and I and I pray to God and I ask God to, like, give me what he wants to say about certain things. And, you know, I definitely I feel like I, I needed this. All right. So um, the first Ask Church Boy submission came from someone named Martine. That's what I believe it's uh, uh, how to pronounce the name. It says, hello, Emmanuel. I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And I have to say that a lot of stuff you talk about is so relatable and has uh, and it has much it has made much a positive. It has made such a positive impact in my life. I'm tripping. Thank you so much, Mark, my team. Uh, my question is, how do we set goals and work towards success, but still be open to God's will in our lives? How do we surrender to God, but still do what we are supposed to do to achieve the kind of life that we want, especially for someone in their 20s? Martine, I feel you. I feel you. Um, and we're going to address both these questions because there's two questions. The first one is, how do we set goals and work towards success, but still be open to God's will in our lives? All right. Um, and it's funny because I just literally was talking to God about this in devotion not too long ago. Um, and he took me to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. And I'm going to read the easy to read version. You guys know I never read the easy to read version on this podcast, but I ain't going to hold you. I've been warming up to the ERV because it, it really helps to say things plainly. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm not I'm not abandoning NKJV. You know, that's my guy right there. But, um, you know, for the, for this episode, we're going to read a little bit of ERV. All right. Um, Proverbs 16, 9 says, people can plan what they want to do, but it is the Lord who guides their steps. All right. Um, I love this passage, you know, and, and the reason why I use ERV is because I feel like it explains it clearly. I like when it says, but it is the Lord who guides their steps, because it's important to understand that there's meant to be a contrast there. Like we can make the plans that we want, but God is the one that's guiding our steps. You know, sometimes I feel like the version that say establish, it kind of sounds like God is establishing your plans. But really what this verse is communicating is that you make your plans, but God can change them. Like <laughs> you make your plans, but but God's going to guide you how he wants to guide you. And just a disclaimer before we move forward, this is not to say that we have no free will or God is forcing us to do everything. That, But no, I, I think really what's trying to be communicated here is that for us believers, man, maybe even for unbelievers, I'm not I'm not gonna try to limit this verse to just believers but speaking in the context of us believers you know there are plans that we can make right about our future but that doesn't mean that it's all going to go that way and 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 you can recognize that in your life there are plans that you have had to get certain things to meet certain people to be with certain people to achieve certain goals but things have not gone that way and some of us can even look back at our lives and thank god that they didn't go that everything didn't go our way and instead, it went a different way. And somehow God has worked that way out for our good. Right. 
this verse really convicted me more recently because, you know, it, it really spoke to me. It really called me out on, on how I was because, you know, I've talked to you guys about how big of a control freak I've been in life. Right. Um, and a lot of one of the ways that me being a control freak would express itself would, would be through um, really through how I plan out my day and how I plan out my goals. And, and, and you know. For me, the definition of a good day, a successful day was a day where everything that I planned to happen, happened how it was supposed to happen. Like, and if I got detoured or if I got distracted or if I got knocked off track, it was a bad day. If I didn't get certain work done, it was a bad day. If I didn't accomplish certain goals, it was a bad day. If things didn't go how I wanted them to go, I thought it was a bad day. But I really started to see how bad this was because there would be times where people would ask me for help. I'm like, heck no, you're going to mess me up. I got to finish this so it could be a good day. If I stop this, I, this doesn't get done and I try to help you, then it's a bad day because I didn't get it done. You know, I would start to even resent when people would ask for help. Oh, man, I got to check in on this person. Oh, man, I got to stop what I'm doing in order to do this person. No, nah, I got to get this done. Right. And I started to recognize that some of the people that God wanted me to help, some of the people that God wanted me to speak with, sit with, have fellowship with, I wasn't even doing that because for me, success was defined by all my plans getting taken care of. But the thing is, your plans are not the same thing as God's plans. And there's some pride that, that, that exists there. Because this idea that your way is the correct way, is always the correct way, is rooted in pride. I'm trying to tell you, man, God has put us on this planet to have fellowship with one another, love on one another, express, um, mimic Christ, emulate Christ, and take care of one another. But for me, it was about, it was about getting work done. It was about reaching my goals, attaining my goals, getting my strategy. And if it didn't go my way, then it wasn't correct. And if it wasn't correct, now I'm mad. My way or the highway. That's what, that's what a lot of the spirit that a lot of us have whenever we are making our goals and our expectations. It's your way or the highway. Whenever you're making your plans, everything needs to go according to plan. If it doesn't go in according to plan, then it's a failure. Something's not right. But let me tell you what God says in Isaiah 55. He says, the Lord says, my thoughts are not like yours. Your ways are not like mine. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God says that his ways are better than your ways. And yes, we can speak to, I believe in the context, it's really speaking to the righteousness that God calls us to. It's better than the ways that we live. But I, I would say that it also encapsulates his ways of how he does pretty much everything. His plans, they're better than ours. His thoughts, they're better than ours. They're, it's higher than ours. Let me tell you something. To say that God's plans are better than yours and his ways are better than yours is to imply that they are different, my friend. They're different. Which means that when you make your plans, if God's ways are better, then you should expect some level of things happening differently. 
I'm going to say that again. (laughs) You make your plans. If we acknowledge that God's plans, his ways, his thoughts are better than ours, then that means if we really want God to have his way, we really want what's best. That means that we should expect things to go somewhat different from what we planned. Because his plans are better. So when you make your plans, you know, you want them to do A, B, C, and D, but then instead of it all going in that order, you go from A, B to L, M, N, O, P, and then D. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that everything's terrible. It just means that that could very well just be the path that God wanted to take. That does not mean you fail. That does not mean you missed. That does not mean you're off track. That means that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. In fact, you're in a better place than where you think you would have been. Or should have been. The question is, how do we set goals for success and be open to God's will in our lives? I think the first step is that we should make sure we scrutinize our definition of success. And I feel like I've said this before. And I'll say it again. Your definition of success should be God's will for your life. Your definition of success should be God's will for your life. A lot of us have different definitions of success. A lot of it's informed by the families that we come from, the environments that we grew up in, the people that we hang out around, our own desires that stem from, you know, likely stem from our own pride um, and our own lusts. But for those of us believers, we have to understand that success, true success, God's definition of success looks like his will being performed in our lives. And if that's the case, and if that's what you're going to accept, then you all should should understand that when you are creating goals for future goals for success, it should be informed by prayer and fasting if you are able. Pray and fast and let God give God the space to influence you. Give God the space to speak to you. And this is a very good topic to have before the new year, man, because we don't know exactly how things are going to go. Right. But God does. And this is a perfect time for us to pray and fast and ask God, inquire with God on the things that should be our goals, should be our areas of focuses, uh, our standards of living and our expectations perfect time for goal setting right now perfect time the new year your resolutions and all that pray and fast and maybe god tells you like he comes down and he has an audible voice and he tells you this is what your goals are this is what your areas of focus are this is what all this stuff is this is what you're going to do but then you know there's some of us and i got to be real there's some of us that we pray and we fast and we don't hear anything or we don't feel like we heard anything And now we're stagnant. And then we don't set goals. We don't set standards. We don't set expectations. But I want to say this. You prayed. You fasted. You gave God the space. And make sure you you are at peace with the space that you've given. Because sometimes we'll say, God, tell me this in the next hour. If God doesn't tell you this, tell you this in the next hour, then you go do whatever you want. No. Make sure you give God the right amount of time. And let let the Holy Spirit um, give you discernment on that by God's grace. But. Don't be afraid to still write down the goals and still make the plans because because we have to understand making goals and making plans is a responsible thing to do. And I believe that the Bible teaches that as well. It's responsible. 
to make goals. It's responsible to set standards, responsible to write down areas of focuses. It's responsible to do these things. So write them down. Do that. Because what you did was important. You asked God first. You made sure that you're not going before him. You acknowledged him. When you ask God first, it is submission. It is humility. It is observance of him. And that is what he wants. And that is what he deserves. So do the responsible thing. Do the good thing and make plans. But then after you write down your goals, you write down all of these things, you have to surrender them to the Lord. Which leads us to the second part of that question. It says, how do we surrender to God, but still do what we are supposed to do to achieve the kind of life that we want, especially for someone in their 20s? I happen to be someone in my 20s. So let's talk about surrender. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we all surrendered our lives to Christ. Well, maybe some of you that are listening haven't done that. By God's grace, you know, I pray that that happens soon. But some of us, you know, I would say most people that listen to Church Board Confessions, most people that engage with uh, unassociated are people who have given their lives to Christ. Um, you know, Galatians 2.20, Paul said that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. And that is the attitude that we should have. Yes, make your goals. Yes, work towards them, but they have to be surrendered to the Lord. And the way that you do that is by being consistent every day with having a posture of submission, a posture of humility, and a posture of observing, of observance to the Lord. You have to have those things. You need those things every day. It's an everyday thing. Don't just do it once and then you know every day because I'm telling you the way this life works, the way our sinful nature works, the way the enemy works. Every day we are trying to be tossed to and fro, pulled to and fro in different directions. So every day we have to die to Christ. Every day we have to observe the Lord. Every day we have to submit to him and choose to humble ourselves under him. You have your goals, you have your plans, you have your standards. That is great. But none of your goals should supersede the overarching goal, which is obedience to the Lord. Which is us mimicking, emulating Christ. And it talks about Christ in Philippians 2. I have it right here in verse one um, in verse five. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And what is that mind that was in Christ? It says in verse 8, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. That should be the overarching goal, obedience to the Lord. So yes, make your goals, but make sure none of the goals that you make in your life supersede obedience to the Lord. Because I'm trying to tell you, when you try to, to make your goals your number one, you will live a life of disobedience because I'm telling you, you are going to try and go full force, pedal to the metal in this direction. But God is going to be the one telling you, hey, actually drop what you're doing and go help this brother and sister. Actually, you know, stay in this job. I know you want to go to the next job. It has more money. It has more opportunity for you. But I want you to stay in this job. I know you want to go to the next level, but I need you to stay in this level. It's people that I need you to talk to in this level. So you're not going to go to the level next. No. You're not going to go there next. Actually, do this task that makes you feel super uncomfortable. I need you to do it so, so 
you know, you're going to be uncomfortable for a little bit. Yeah. Actually, you're not going to be making a lot of money for it right now. Sorry. I'm not sending you your, your kingdom spouse right now. Sorry. That's not, I, I need you to do certain things while you're single, because once you get married, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have you moving around like that. I need you to stay home when you're married, but now I'm having you moving around like that. Actually, you know what? God's going to be the one to say, uh, oh, this door is going to be closed. That door is closed too. Yeah. Maybe you can go through that door. Matter of fact, there's no open door for you right now. I want you to stay in this room right now. That's what I'm telling you. Cause when you put your goals before God and when you idolize your goals, God's direction, God's provision is going to look like obstacles. So you have to understand that's why we have to submit ourselves to the Lord every day. We have to humble ourselves on the Lord every day. Yes, have your goals, have your plans, but make sure that none of those goals get in the way of when God says go, you go. When God says stay, you stay. When God says sleep, you sleep. When God says work, you work. When God says go apologize, you apologize. When God says go and help, you help. Make your plans. But, you know, one of my mentors told me that, you know, God can give you something, but make sure that you hold it with an open hand. So you give God the opportunity. You have that open heart. So whenever God wants to take it away, you don't throw a fit. You don't fuss. You don't fight him. He gave it. Let him take it. And we should be the same with our goals. We should write our goals down, but write it in pencil and give God the eraser. Let him do what he got to do. Let him annotate. Let him annotate. Let him annotate, man. <laughs> um, Psalm 23 verse 4 is so interesting to me because I, I feel like this kind of goes over a lot of people's heads. David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rod and staff. Which rod and staff will be comforting? When you talk about, you know, the Bible gives us throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, we have our relationship with God being compared to a relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. What does a shepherd use a rod and staff to do? He uses the rod and staff to yank and poke the sheep in the direction the sheep is supposed to go. He uses it for provision, for direction of the sheep. To stay in lane, stay here. This is the path that I want you to go on. It's dangerous over there or that's not the place for you. You need you, I need you to go this way. But when you think about it, yanking and poking, is it? does it sound like it feels good? But when I tell you the shepherd does those things to provide provision, does those things to provide direction, and you are someone praying for direction. And sometimes the way that God gives us provision, gives us direction is the rod and the staff. It's the yanking and the poking. The yanking and poking can look like closed doors and it can look like failures in quotation marks. But David wrote that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff of the Lord comforts those who are in subjection to him who are humble to him but if you are not someone under the subjection of the lord you are not someone humbling yourself under the lord the the rod and the staff the yanking and the pulling will look like your enemy but god is not your enemy he is your savior treat him like it 
So yes, make your goals. Start walking. Make your goals. Make your plans. But every day, take time out for humility, for subjection, submission, for observance of the Lord. It's what he's owed. It's what he's owed. I'm going to switch gears a little bit because there's another church boy submission that I wanted to talk about. I hope that that answers your question, Martin. There's another church boy, um, ask church boy uh, submission that I wanted to talk about that I, I think is also beneficial to um, to us. You know, it's also beneficial to really this topic. And here's the question that comes from um, someone named Gabriella. And it reads, how should believers stand on the promises slash word of God while waiting expectantly, excuse me, in a valley season? Excuse me. I'm going to read that one more time. How should believers stand in the stand on the promises word slash word of God? Wow, I can't read today. And I'm burping like, ugh. Let me get some water. Told y'all. <clears throat> get over this little coat. It says, how should believers stand on the promises slash word of God while waiting expectantly in a valley season? All right. Valley season. Talking about season of hardship. You know, those, those seasons where it feels like God's not there. Those those tunnels. Right. Tunnel season, whatever you want to call it. And let me tell you, man, I, I have I feel like I'm in my own little valley season, bro. I ain't even going to hold you. And it sounds so weird because. If I were to describe everything that's going on in my life, it surely does not sound like I'm in a valley. I'm making the most money that I've ever made in my life. I have a new job. I love my job. I love my boss. I love my team. Right. Um, like I said, I think I said earlier that this has been the most fruitful year of unassociated that I've ever seen. Um, things are things are good. Things are going. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I must say, man, as of late. And this is, you know, me being a little transparent here. There's been like a dark cloud over my life. Um, I haven't been feeling myself. And I'm being completely honest with you. I have not been feeling myself. Um, I'm I'm pretty, I feel kind of trapped in the mundanity of life. Um, I feel a little lonely right now. Um, weird because I live with my family, but I feel kind of lonely. I definitely feel burnt out and overwhelmed with a lot of things I have on my plate. Um, might not sound like it, you know what I'm saying? Might not, um, uh, I might not give off that vibe, but things have been challenging, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. Things have been, it's weird just cause like, I recognize how good my life is, but at the same time, I haven't been feeling myself. Um, and you know, I guess I've just been really been trying to really put my hope in God to pinpoint what exactly is being caused. It might just be burnout. Uh, maybe it's something else, but I've been in this Valley season. And if there's two things that I think is pretty common in all of our Valley seasons is that one, um, it makes it's hard because we don't know when it ends. And two, it feels like God is not around. Um, and my sister asked me a question, man, and this is going to go into answering this question. But my sister had asked me a question and said that, why do I, why am I so big on God? And she didn't mean it like, you know, because my whole family is believers and all that. Um, but she she just felt like saying it because 
you know, she recognized that, you know, amongst people my age, I talk about it a lot. Anybody that knows me, um, it, you know, and she asked me that. And I was so happy that she asked me that because it gave me the opportunity to talk about God. Um, and it gave me opportunity to reflect on why do I talk about God so much? Like, why? Why unassociated? Why church board confessions? Like, why? I mean, even if you follow me on Instagram, I'll, I'll post, you know, little encouraging words and stuff like that on my story and stuff like that. The question is why? <laughs> and if I'm being completely honest, man, um, I have fallen in love. And it's not with a woman. By God's grace, pray for me because it's about that time, y'all. But nevertheless, I've fallen in love with God man at an early age I fell in love with him and I feel like once I get out of this little valley season I'm gonna fall in love with him all over again I've fallen in love with God because he loves me and he knows me and there is something about the God that I serve, man. The way that he has expressed his love towards me, not just in Jesus Christ, which would have been enough, should be enough. But he has not stopped there and he has talked to me and he has grown me and he has cared for me and he's forgiven me. I'm telling you, this is someone that I've done all these different things to disobey him. There's things that I've done that I haven't even said on this show. Understand that. I don't deserve to be here. You understand? I don't deserve church boy confessions. I don't deserve unassociated. I'm not here because of my righteousness. I'm a hypocrite sometimes. I have sinned too. But the God that I serve... What reason do I have that I'll bring to God and say, this is why you should love me? Yet he still loves me and he cares for me. And he uses me. And I was reading John 1, because I'm telling you, the way I was feeling, I was feeling it this last week. I read John 1. And in verse 12, it says, but as many as received him to them, he gave them the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I read this place. And I started thinking to myself, like, God has made me his child. God has made you his child. It's not because I asked and put a pretty please on it. It's not because I did anything to deserve it. But he, out of his love for me, has allowed me, has made me to become his child, man. And in my devotion that I had, this stood out to me, being God's child. What does it mean? What does it mean? God's child. Because I... Cause 
that's my identity. I'm not Mr. Unassociated. I'm not Church Boy Confessions. I'm not, um, <clears throat> I'm not UX designer. I'm not, you know, most handsome man alive. Uh, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm a child of God. That's my identity. And I had had an episode where we talked about, we talked about um, entitlement. And that God doesn't owe us anything. It's important to understand that because, you know, ultimately when we're entitled, we think that God is giving us things because he owes us. But he's not giving us things because he owes us. He's giving us things because he loves us. So it's good to not have entitlement. But then that's different from us also acknowledging that there are certain perks that come with being a child of God, man. There are certain perks and one of those perks is given to us in Romans 8:28. And that perk says this. It says, "And we know that all things work together for good." For who? The Bible says all things work together for good. For who? To those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Who are those that love God and called according to his purpose? That is his children. That's us. That's me. And I read this verse. I've read it a million times. I read this verse in devotion. And when I tell you now, it, it spoke something different to me. Because it reminded me of God's love. It reminded me that I know I'm feeling some type of way now. But it's not because God has left me. In fact, God is working. This is a part that God is working for my good. That's how you get through the waiting season, the, the, the valley season, the, the, the hard season, whatever it might be. It's by being able to trust God. Trust his promises, trust his goodness, trust him. And the the way that you can trust him is by being intentional about meditating on his expressions of love. Because he loves you and it's easy to trust people that, you know, love you, especially when that person can get anything done. Especially when that person can get anything done. To everyone that has been suffering through the waiting season, the valley season, the, the tunnels, the dark tunnel, whatever it is, my word to you is this. Remember that God loves you. And that love that you acknowledge is going to be what you build your trust on. And that trust that you have is going to be what sustains you in that season. All right. I've talked a lot. Um, this is definitely one of the longer episodes, um, but I think that that's OK. Um, we're going into the new year. We're going into holiday season. I do pray that as you make your goals, as you make your plans, that whatever it is that you make, man, put God at the center of it. And for those of us that are in the season where it's just we're down, we're feeling you know, things are definitely not going our way. Things are terrible right now. I, I, I do pray 
that God's love become more evident to you and that you build your comfort, your solace, your refuge in that love. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much, Lord, for the new month, oh God. And I just pray for everyone that is listening, that's watching, um, that you help us to acknowledge your love, to see your love, oh God, to remember what it means to be your child. You made us your child, not because we did everything right, just because you loved us, Lord. Um, and I pray, Lord, that um, you just help us to walk in that love, walk from that love, knowing that we are loved, oh God, even when we don't love ourselves, Lord. Um, and I just pray, Lord, that you um, keep us um, in this season, keep us safe. Um, Father, and I pray, Lord, that, you know, even as I step away from this mic, that you continue to minister to your children, um, whether it be through Kendra's podcast, whether it be to any other podcast, anything, anything else, oh God. Um, that your children truly be fed, oh God, and I be fed as well, Lord, in this time, oh God. So I let your name be glorified. Um, and yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for a great season, y'all. Great season. Um, this was a difficult, uh, it was difficult to record today. It wasn't easy. Um, I don't know if it was like, you know, this cold that I'm getting over, um, whatever it might have been, but, um, I'm happy I got through it, man. Happy I got through it. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss y'all, man. I'm miss getting behind this mic uh, for the next two months, but I need it. And yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing, uh, Christmas, amazing new year's. Um, and I hope to see you guys February 3rd, 2024 in Los Angeles at the Poetry Jam. Love you guys.